so I've been getting uh, some advice many times over the last few years about ways to kind of do the homily maybe differently or, or better or whatever. I don't know. Just I love the advice, by the way. Y'all can always give me advice like, Father, slow down. We can't understand you when you talk. That kind of advice, that's always helpful. I get excited. Um, but someone suggested, Father, there's this priest in Homa, and he writes his homilies like ahead of time. And they're in the bulletin. That way we can read and follow along as he's giving the homily. And I'm like, gosh, there's just no way. Like, forget it. However, this week, I worked hard. And I had it already, even typed up. And there's no bulletin this week. Because <laughs> you have the two-week bulletin from Christmas. So I did. You, you had it, hopefully you got it from the ushers. When you walked in, you have the homily in your hands. Pull it out. We're going to be going through this. This is your homily. You can even fall asleep and read it later if you want to. But... Um, bear with me, but it's, it's um, the Feast of the Holy Family. And reminder, our Lord became like us in all things but sin. All things except for sin. Which, by extension, the Holy Family is like us in all things but sin. Sometimes we have this idea that, well, my goodness, you know, He was God and Mary was immaculately conceived. So maybe I can relate to poor St. Joseph, but I can't relate to the Holy Family. That's not true. And I've been stuck with this, this image, this phrase, that we refer to them as the holy family, not the perfect family. And at least for me, this week it's been kind of meaningful that holiness didn't mean they didn't have moments of struggle. They didn't have moments of maybe making mistakes. Maybe Joseph hammered his thumb one time and let out some four-letter word, and who knows what happened. Like, you know, they're, they're not perfect. They are striving to be holy. But they made some human mistakes. They didn't give in to sin. That's the difference. But you don't think they struggle with the temptations that even Jesus in Gethsemane struggled to fulfill the Father's will? They struggled to live out the virtues that Sirach wrote about family life. It wasn't easy. Now they never sinned. So we can ask for their intercession. But we can also relate to them because the struggle was real. And they grew. It says Jesus grew in his wisdom and favor before God and man. The Holy Family, they grew in their holiness. They grew to become the family they were called to be, to overcome whatever struggles they had. Again, no sin, but human struggles. They had things that maybe annoyed them in family life, and they got over those things. They grew. They exercised the virtues. Like a muscle, right? You've got to exercise your muscles or they don't grow. The Holy Family exercised the muscles of family life in order to grow. And they resisted so many attitudes that sometimes can undermine holiness in family life. And they became the Holy Family they were called to be. They were not the same every day, every day the same, every year the same, no difference. No, they got better. They grew as a human family in holiness in their love and their ability to overcome shortcomings and mistakes. And we can learn from them. A lot of times we're like, well, you know, what does that mean? Do we just kind of stay the same? Does that each one has their own opinion about what goodness in family life looks like? What's, what is the right family, the good family? And no, they've given us a model. Our Lord came to give us a model. So are we growing in that holiness of life, personal life and family life? So that's your homily. So we're going to start... So it's broken up. This is the pillars of Christian living. Especially for this area, we were focusing on these. I didn't write this this week, y'all. I hope y'all know that like two years ago, this was the homily for four Sundays of Advent. 
So I figured I would take that up again and you know, remind y'all that we did talk about these things. But anyway, um, sorry, spoiler. But it's broken up into three areas of growth. Your personal relationship with God, with Jesus Christ. And that's love, right? Love for God. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. That. And then you love your neighbor as yourself. So number two, the zeal, the mission, an apostolate, the apostolic mission of the Christian and the Christian family towards others. And lastly, because our Lord emphasized it, the third pillar you could say is that, that human development of the talents God gave you and will hold you accountable for. So we'll talk about this little by little, but you have it in your hands. Feel free to either read it with me or fall asleep, whatever you want. Read it later. First of all, personal love for Jesus Christ. So Christians and Christians' families, Christian families, your families, Amelie is working on these things. Watch. They cultivate a personal friendship with Jesus Christ and strive to lead a life more centered around his love for them and their response to him. Like the home of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, Christians, first of all, devote quality time daily to prayer and faith formation. That's why there's the fire nights, the family nights, it's for the whole family to learn what this looks like. How do you bring this home to do it on a daily basis? They take time alone and with others in their family and with their neighbors perhaps to get to know him who has loved them into existence. Do you know the God who made you, who wanted you the way you are? The one who loved you into existence, fought for them, and died to share his life with them. You're striving as a family to get to know him. Second, nourish their hearts on the living presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. So I come to Mass. And their minds, nourish their minds on his word in scriptures and in his teachings of his church guided by the Holy Spirit. Sunday is a special day for this. That's why Sunday you keep it holy. You focus it on this effort to know him more, to grow more from him, to nourish more from him. Third, reflect prayerfully with the Holy Spirit upon the gospel, the four gospels, the history of Jesus Christ, his life, his words and actions, pondering the mysteries of Christ's life offered up for them. In light, in that light, they better grasp, they, they had better grasp, no, they better grasp the mystery of their own life, so inconceivably precious and meaningful to him. That's what the gospel shows you, that your life, your son's life, your daughter's life is inconceivably precious because it was worth that exchange. When God exchanges his son's life for your son's life, that's the value. That's how precious your life is. And you get that when you understand it in the light of the gospel. You get into the mysteries of Jesus Christ and in the light of him, in his light, your light makes more sense. Your life makes more sense. It only finds meaning, John Paul II would say, in the light of Jesus Christ. The enigma of the human person makes sense only in that light. Next, we become more familiar with his unique voice in their hearts, in our hearts. Because there's a lot of voices and pressures in our hearts. But we get familiar with his voice, discerning his call amidst competing pressures in our decision-making, detached from worldly anxieties that may lure them away from him. You know, in the gospel, in the other gospel of um, Jesus finding, being the finding of Jesus in the, in the temple, he says, did you not know I must be about my Father's will? The family teaches us, the Holy Family teaches us to listen to that will, to learn that voice and follow it so that we discern amidst other things better what we're supposed to be doing in every moment. Next and last in this first point, keep vigilant watch from within my own heart and helps from without 
striving to, quote, remain in his love, which is what Jesus said at the Last Supper, remain in my love as devoted friends, with integrity. How's my integrity as a Christian? With integrity, they reflect a more faithful image and likeness of Jesus in their attitudes, thoughts, words, and actions. And they find renewal. A Christian family, a Christian person finds renewal in the sacrament of reconciliation. That's how we're called to grow. That's that first point. Look, we're already one-third of the way through. Ready? Next. Apostolic mission focus. Look at Jesus, look at the Holy Family, look at their early Christian families. Aware of the love which they themselves have received. Because I know how much God has loved me and my family, Christians, one, view every person as one seen and loved by Christ and invited to share in his promises. How do I look at the person next to me? How do I judge the ref in the football team that I did in the, in the football game who made me angry? How do I judge him? How do I look at the coworker? or the person I'm struggling with, as one loved and called by Christ to share in his promises. Next, they discern their professional and social commitments. What are you doing tonight for New Year's Eve? They discern those social commitments as arenas for, a bearing, for bearing authentic witness to Christ, devoting their time and talents towards introducing others to his person and his way. I'm going to have a great time at this New Year's Eve party and enjoy the fireworks, and I'm going to bear witness to the person of Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus Christ, his way, his truth, his life, and what I talk about. That's one of the main reasons we do things as a Christian family. Next, we take responsibility as stewards entrusted with their master's affairs. Watch, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I now send you. And so we take responsibility as stewards entrusted with, with our master's affairs for creating and promoting parish opportunities. You've got a whole team to work with to create parish opportunities, to extend his love and truth among our peers and within our community. Next, we manage as stewards the financial talents that have been entrusted to each one of us, supporting the communal outreach to those in material need. And there's a lot of those in material need. That's why we have collections, fundraisers. That's why we contribute. Because we are responsible for those needs in our community. And God has given us a lot that we are held accountable to Him to allow to bear much fruit. Next, resonate in their own hearts with the Savior's consuming zeal. When Jesus cleansed the temple, the scripture said, zeal for your house consumes me. And as a Christian and as a Christian family, we allow ourselves to be consumed with the zeal to gather the many who are scattered, wounded, or lost, wanting Jesus' mercy to overcome our brokenness and our social divisions. You might notice a world kind of divided. Military wars, conflicts, conflicts in our own society, in the United States of America, conflicts in our families, in our relationships, wounds in our relationships, wounds in ourselves, and the zeal to bring God's healing to all those things that consumes us as individual Christians and as a holy family. Lastly, in this section, allow themselves to be built up like living stones. This is St. Peter, his letter. Living stones assembled among other living stones. That word assembly, that is the church, that assembling among other living stones into his temple, the church, a growing team and holy family, right here, a holy family of intentional disciples of Jesus Christ, following his lead, and accompanying others along our shared journey 
Y'all know we're all going the same way? We are all on the same journey. We need to help it feel like that and work together like that towards the fullness of God's divine life. I find my role, I find my place where my talents can be well used in the church, in the mission that Christ entrusted to you and me, the church. We take ownership. Last section, personal love of Jesus, apostolic mission, and lastly, integral human formation, the talents God has given you. Inspired by the person, passion, and mission of Jesus Christ, and grateful to the author of their many gifts and talents, grateful to what he, the one he gave me all these talents, Christians, one, forge the raw material of their temperament, intellect, and will into a matured Christian personality. Like clay in the hands of the potter, the Holy Spirit, the divine architect, let God mold your humanity to look more and more like his. Because he took humanity so that you could see, and I could see, that's what I'm supposed to look like. That's how my talents are supposed to work. So he's given us a model, and we allow ourselves, our talents, our, our temperament, to be forged that way with the patience of God, the justice of God, the integrity of Jesus Christ, the love and, and, and re- ways that he reacts, overcoming the ways my broken humanity of itself would react. I forge that humanity. They know themselves well. Goal for your high school is not the diploma. Know thyself. If you haven't done it by high school, know it by college. If you haven't done it by college, know it like starting yesterday. Know thyself. And challenge themselves tenaciously at home and abroad to develop their social, intellectual, physical, emotional, and spiritual potential. God has given you all that potential It's our job with God's grace to actualize it, to make it develop responsibly. We don't just leave it up to whimsical randomness, like, oh, I'll go with my feelings today, up and down and all around. I'm going somewhere. I've got a model to forge in my own self. And the way I think, the way my, my mind reacts to things can be changed, can be forged. We do that. Next, three more, almost there. Seek guidance in their spiritual growth. Guidance. Why? Because you and I are the worst judges of ourselves. Way bad. You either judge yourself way too harshly, which is kind of typical right now in the West, or way too easily, way too lax. It's always their fault, never my fault. We are the worst judges, so we seek guidance. That's what the church is for. We seek guidance in their spiritual growth while overcoming whatever personal weaknesses or defects may hinder the divine reflection of Jesus Christ that was imprinted like a mustard seed at your baptism, my baptism. That image was imprinted. It's got to grow. That seed needs to be nourished so that my reflection of Jesus becomes something real. And we overcome the obstacles, especially in today's day and age, obstacles like pride, anxiety. Anybody struggle with anxiety lately? Any young people in these days? Like, there's a lot of anxiety. Jesus didn't live with anxiety. He had a greater formation of his trust in the Father and a sense of God's providence working even through difficulties and mistakes. Working against envy and comparison. And boy, isn't there way too much of that sometimes. Pushing through indifference, pessimism, cynicism, worldliness, or self-contentment. 
working through those things and getting help, getting guidance to hold me accountable as I strive to work through those things to help the image of God, the image of Jesus Christ shine through me more perfectly, not less perfectly as I get older with age. Second to last, Christians judge other persons. We do. Come on. You all judge the referee after the bad call. We can't help it. We judge other persons. But Christians and the Christian family judge other persons and themselves as Jesus Christ judges everyone with great compassion and an eagerness to support the good. That's how you judge the person in the mirror. Especially after your mistake at work or the F on your test. You judge with great compassion and an eagerness to support the good. You're not perfect, but you're striving to be holy. You go to confession. I've been in confession at least 500 times in 365 days. Well, that's not right. But a lot of times this year. And I go in and I'm aware that Jesus has dealt with me with great compassion and an eagerness to support the good. And having experienced that, the Christian strives to look at others with that same attitude. They seek to encourage others. You, your friends, your enemies, the guy you don't like at work, you would seek to encourage others and have that kind of influence on them. And also to prudently maneuver the effects of others on ourselves, peer pressure on ourselves. Our Lord was independent of what other people felt of him, thought of him. That peer pressure, he was free from that, and we need to become free from that. And at least, well, beginning with becoming aware of it, and hopefully more and more free from it. Lastly, last one. Offer fully to God, family, and others the best of themselves, because you are a gift. You are a gift. And we are called to offer the very best of that gift to God, to your family, and to others. Recognizing the utter tragedy of mediocrity and hypocrisy in the Christian life. Y'all hear some, every now and then you hear like, oh my gosh, those Catholics are such hypocrites. Well, I don't know, but we do recognize that it would be a terrible thing if I were just a hypocrite. I say I'm one way, but I act another. Our Lord gave us the model. The Holy Family gives us the model to strive to imitate. We're not perfect. And look, if you're reading this thing thinking, well, heck, we failed. That's okay. Because today's a new day. And my invitation as we approach the end of the new year, make one, or maybe two, resolutions from this suggestion box, suggestion sheet. Ways, one or two ways where your family or you yourself can grow just a little bit to be a little more like Jesus Christ, like the Holy Family, who were not perfect as human beings, but were called to be perfect, strove to be perfect in holiness, and showed us that it is possible that you can do it with God's grace, that I can do it with God's grace. Let's not turn away from that challenge. Let's not sit up there and say, well, holiness is so unattainable for me. Only the Blessed Mother Jesus and maybe Father Pio could make it. Maybe, I won't say it. I was going to say Taylor Swift. Anyway, so, um, whatever the case, we ask the Lord to help us and we ask the Holy Family to intercede for us as we strive to imitate them beginning today, a little more this year. And if you failed this year, reminder tomorrow is next year, so I can do a little better. Amen? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us.